It's time for Takes on Takes. You know the drill. You supply the takes. We give you a take on your take today on the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. You are Locked On NFL Scouting with the Draft Dude, your daily podcast for NFL and college football scouting. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's better than this? It's guys being dudes here on the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. We are the Draft Dudes. I'm Joe Marino from Locked On Bills. He's Kyle Krabs from Locked On Dolphins. And we are your NFL experts here with you daily to talk team building across the league on the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast with the Draft Dudes, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We'd like to thank you for making Locked On NFL Scouting your first listen every day and a big welcome and shout out to our everydayers. You know who you are. Those of you who never miss a single episode, we appreciate y'all being here very, very much. This episode is brought to you by Prize Picks, the easiest and most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. Go to prizepicks.com slash lockdown NFL and use code lockdown NFL for a first deposit match up to $100. Joe, happy national Zach Frazier gets invited to the Senior Bowl Day. Tell us about Zach Frazier, Kyle. Center, West Virginia Mountaineers. Oh, yeah. You talked about this guy earlier. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, he's a big brand guy for me. All the West Virginia guys are right. Country roads. Don't get me started on that. Don't, don't get me started on country roads. To the place. And how I didn't get to hear it the one time I went to Morgantown because they were playing Kyler Murray. Frazier, I wonder why they lost. It would have ignited their entire operation. Take me home. Anyway, um, yeah, fired up. The senior bowl invites, shrine invites also coming out. So you're starting to kind of see that trickle effect come through. I got a name. For you, Joe, I did this player yesterday as a write-up. And you're going to be stunned to find out it's another offensive tackle. Another offensive. This tackle class is crazy good. Okay? What if I told you, and he he unfortunately did not finish the season this year uh, because of an injury. What if I told you there was a player that if he was healthy and if he were able to go to the pre-draft events, would probably be a top 75 pick, and he played offensive tackle at Yale. I would say, yay! Kieran Amengaji from Yale. Got a day too great for me, but with medicals and the depth of the class, I do think predictively he's probably like a 3-4. Lots of good tackles this year. 36-inch arms, 6'5", 326 pounds, athletic. Mauler in the run game has not allowed a sack his last two years at Yale. And that's at Yale. So you take that with a grain of salt, but I think that's why the pre-draft process would have really helped him. But if you need tackles, this is the year. This is a stupid good tackle class. Well, we are going to kick off takes on takes with some Bengals stuff. And with Jonah Williams as a free agent, maybe they oh, are interested nice in yeah, trying to find something here. Cause we're going to bring all these people in to talk about the Bengals and you know, I want to talk about the Bengals. So here we go. The first one comes from user bunch of numbers. And okay. like, if that's your YouTube name, that's what you get called here on takes on takes uh, user bunch of numbers says, take if Burrow, Joe Burrow can't come back next week, the Bengals will miss the playoffs. Second, two games playing at the same time. Oh, uh, he had a second take, but I think that what we want to get to here is that the, the Joe Burrow, he's not back next week. The Bengals are missing the playoffs. I, what do we think? What's going on here? So there's there's digestible games to be had here, but Joe Burrow needs to play, and Joe Burrow needs to be Joe Burrow. So 
realistically speaking, they have five wins. What do they need? 11 to for 11 for sure. So the, a chance is, is another five. You got to go five and two the rest of the way. Let's see Jake Browning plays and they lose to the Steelers in week 12. Because okay? mm-hmm. that's the case, the, the argument to be made. You now have to it's win possible. five out of six yep. the rest of the way. Can you go to Jacksonville on Monday Night Football and beat the Bengals or beat the Jaguars if you have Joe Burrow? If Joe Burrow's Joe Burrow. Right. So we say, yes, you can win that. They're home the next two against the Colts and the Vikings. Looks pretty good. Winnable games at Pittsburgh on Saturday night. Maybe. At Kansas City. Oh, boy. Week 17. Oh, boy. That's not great. Uh, And then they are home against the Browns to close in week 18. I see two to four losses in their future. I was going to say, I I see what I would feel comfortable saying is they get three wins comfortably. But this team's kind of cooked. It doesn't look look good. No, they had. Even when Joe was in, I thought coverage was really tight. I think they're missing T on the outside. That other dynamic player. So now it's just give extra attention to Jamar. And then we could trust the other guys to win one-on-one. I think Good stretch. I think for three weeks there, they looked like the Bengals are supposed to look. Right. Um, but it wasn't sustained. They had throughout it, they got more injured. Um, and now they're up against it. They're five and five. And you look at some of the teams ahead of them, Pittsburgh and Cleveland. But the problem you, is you play those teams. And and, and right. like you have three games against those teams left right. on your schedule. In, who knows? It, like Houston is Houston going to stack wins and do the thing here? Does one of these other teams, Denver, Buffalo, Los Angeles, do they go on a run? Like, what does this look like? By the way, Houston's at home for the next three. Right. But here's the thing about Houston, dude. I'm in on Houston. I love what's happening. They lost to the Panthers. They're not a foolproof team. They're not I just going to go go do everything that they're supposed to do the rest I of agree. the way. I agree. There, that's a very it's a variance team. And at yeah. five and four, they don't have that much variance, but they right. have an extra loss in the loss column worth of variance than the Bengals do now. The AFC wildcard race is going to be something else. But the, the thing that might be the difference is the separation that currently exists, right? And what that looks like moving forward. Right. Like if everybody, if there was so much chaos that everybody largely played within one game of 500 the rest of the way. Right. Which is possible. Right. You could you could pick any schedule and uh, enough teams play each other in this picture that it's like, yeah, if they win half of them, they lose half of them here. They were yeah. going to be in the same spot. This next one, um, I'm going to read and get out of the way because based on our pre-show comments, I think you're going to have a lot to say here. Evan, Evan says Joe Burrow will never win an MVP in his career because every year he starts slow and it won't be enough at the end of the year, not to mention the quarterbacks around the league that will be around for the majority of his career. On top of all of that, this might be the best receiving core he'll ever get, and it might break up after this year. I, I would be very concerned about that last bit, about the sustainability of the nucleus of the team, and, and Joe Mixon's getting older, and the offensive line hasn't been this year what it they hoped it would be. I mean, it's so hard to gauge where Joe's at right now just because he he did have this injury early in the season and if you're worried about that consistently being a thing for him 
which you have enough of a sample set. Appendicitis, like how sustainable is getting appendicitis and getting your appendix out in July? Not very. You only get one and it's already out, right? <laughs> so that's not going down again, right? Right. That you won't have that problem again. But I do think it's 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 worth looking at Joe now. And I, I have his career numbers to date annually up. He has regressed by a notable amount in each of the last three seasons in efficiency numbers, net yards per attempts, 7.43, 6 6.52, 5.47. It, it, that's, that's a large amount down. And this is now three years of, or two consecutive years of regression from the previous season. His passer rating, and I know that's a, a largely a fake number, 288 or 108.3 rating, 100.8 rating, 91 rating. His yards per attempt, 8.9, 7.4, 6.3. So that's in that same vein as that, that efficiency rating. Completion percentage is down 2% year over year over year. So it's not trending in the right direction. And if you're worried about the sustainability of the group that's around him, then you're looking at what this rookie contract window looked like, and that was the time to get it done. And I think that's what makes this year for Joe Burrow so hard, such a hard pill to swallow. Now, will I come out of that and say he'll never win an MVP? No. But Joe Burrow, as a player, is not trending in the right direction for him to be consistently in that conversation. And the other layer is that it's the Cincinnati Bengals, and they're a reluctant franchise, right? And, and so, like, maximizing that window probably felt the most important for Cincinnati, uh, where right. they, they can be strange with personnel and who they keep and what type of free agent moves they make. Um, and so, yeah, like, but they went to what two AFC championships. They went to a Super Bowl. Yeah. They were there. I, I get it. I, <laughs> I get and, it. And very easily could have, and arguably should have won that Super Bowl. Yeah, they should have won the Super Bowl, Kyle. That wasn't a penalty on Logan Wilson. I'll say it right. out loud. They should have won the damn Super Bowl. So. All right, we're going to talk about uh, the future of the Bears at quarterback. Some Thanksgiving stuff. Some oh, ping pong takes here in a second. Uh, but stick with us. We got to tell you about. Prize Picks. Prize Picks is the funnest, most exciting, easiest way to play daily fantasy sports. It is awesome. The format's incredible. It's just you against numbers. It's not you against thousands of other players, including pros and sharks. All you do is select two or more players. You pick more or less from their projected stats, and you place your entry. It doesn't take long. That's it. You can make an entry in under a minute, and then when you win, the withdrawals are super, super quick. I love all these sports right now. Love them even more when I have an entry going into games. It just makes it that much more exciting. So go to prizepicks.com slash NFL. And use code Lockdown NFL for a first deposit match up to $100. Again, that's prizepicks.com slash Lockdown NFL. And use code Lockdown NFL for a first deposit match up to $100. Prize picks, daily fantasy sports made easy. Joe, as I understand, you have procured uh, more takes from yeah, the people. More takes. Here on the show. The Glaze Train would say Drake May should be a viable. Just, just listen, it doesn't matter. Drake May. Should be a viable draft option for the Chicago Bears to help prove helmet scouters and same number scouters. Oh wrong. no! Oh no! Yeah, I I am here for the Bears drafting Drake May just for the helmet scouters to melt down and lose their minds. It's a real thing, man. Real thing out there. Very real thing. Um. They're going to be in position to do this, man. Like, they're probably going to have that opportunity. 
Yeah, between their own pick and Carolina's. The, yeah. the, how many more games is Carolina winning this year? <laughs> two, two tops. Oh man, yeah, maybe. Like, don't they play Arizona still? Arizona's like, a more scrappy team than them. I understand, but I'm saying that that's that's a winnable game in the, sure, the spectrum yeah. of the Panthers. Beat the Texans. Never forget it. Uh, they do not. I lied. Cowboys, Titans on the road, Bucks on the road, Saints on the road. They played their next three after this week on the road. Atlanta, Green Bay, Jacksonville, Tampa. Might not be one there, Kyle. Might not be one. Yeah, they're gonna have the number one. The Bears are gonna have the number one overall pick, courtesy of the Panthers. <laughs> okay, should they pick Match Drake? Quarterback, Wayne? Dave. Should they do yeah. it? Should they keep Justin Field? Should they what should they do? Uh, uh, I, I am at the point where unless you get an astronomical offer for that pick. You're probably moving on from your coach, right? Eberflus is is yeah. You reset it all. Any, I mean, you reset it. Yeah, yeah. You, you flush everything out the system. You say, "What can we get for Justin Fields?" Yeah, and I'm taking advantage, and I am doing it right. And there's a whole conversation. We've had this conversation a lot of times, and I, I think it'd be interesting to have it about Chicago, but not on this show. Um, that perception of being ready to take a quarterback or not, right? I think I think Chicago has enough pillars in place. Yeah. Without doing the deep dive on it. Yep. That it's it's worth the investment because they did get a lot of young draft picks. They did invest in the offensive line. They, they have a wide receiver in DJ Moore. Um you got to get knock your coaching hire out of the park and then let that coach get to know those guys at the top of the draft as much as possible and whichever one he yep. meshes with best embrace that and embrace the relationship with those two guys, because that's how this works. That's how it's going to work. Yep. Cause what you have resource wise and cap space, what you have in draft capital, what you could get in moving on from some players, including Justin Fields. I'd be real interested in all that, yep. but with a new regime with a new everything. Yeah. A uh, football addict has a Thanksgiving take. Uh, it's a pretty good one, in my opinion. Sweet potato casserole is the most yes. underrated side dish yeah. of Thanksgiving. Yes. yes. Yeah, I agree with that. My wife makes amazing sweet potato casserole. And then uh, part two is the leftovers are better than the original meal. I think that's a good take. This is a, like a double down of okay. goodness. Is there anything on the Thanksgiving table that's better when it's hot? Um, like green bean casserole, probably. Yeah, but I'm not eating that. I I put a little. Great gravy? Good. Uh, yes, gravy. I don't consume gravy, but yeah, we're not slurping down with a straw cold gravy. That's, that's a hard pass. So Um, this is the thing that people need to know about you and leftovers. Kyle just eats them right out of the fridge. I've seen this happen. He just gets a fork and just starts eating things out of his fridge. He doesn't mm -hmm. heat it up. So like the cold factor, I know is important for you because I don't think you know how to turn on a microwave. I've never seen it. I do. You push the buttons you want and then you push start. Well, I've seen you make, I've seen you make popcorn in the microwave because literally I, I don't think you have an option. So. Uh, but I do eat the kernels that are unpopped at the end. So, oh, the, the ones that are close to being popped, I can do. But like the straight yeah. raw ones, yeah, we're yeah. not messing with those. No, it's, I'm I'm just waiting to break a tooth on one. But, okay. um, yeah, that's that's a great take with the sweet potato casserole. Yeah. Uh, Dolphins craze, not about the dolphins. It's about ping pong. He says ping pong is the best sport to play that does not need too much athletic ability. I will go as far as saying it's better than golf. It's not weather depe- dependent and it's less expensive. Well, he makes some valid points. 
Well, let me say this. I'm getting ready to launch my pickleball career. That's very exciting, and I'm a little disappointed. I'm only hearing about this for the first well, time. Well, it just now. it just happened yesterday. Just literally just happened yesterday. A couple okay, of friends I'm from the gym. I'm hearing about it now. I got an inv- I haven't. This is the first time I've spoken to you since yesterday. Yeah, I'm gonna give me. give this a whirl. Just gonna give this a whirl, man. It's like a really, really buzzy thing right now, too. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think I think anybody, can, well, most people can pick up ping pong and play. The problem is when you have skill discrepancies. There's, it's not good. Right, it's not fun to play somebody who regularly plays ping pong. When yeah, you don't just, regularly play ping pong. Correct. It's like, oh, okay, you, you see, you're smack me upside the head with your paddle for like I, I, I can't uh, hang around the fifteen, and I'm gonna be done in fifteen volleys, and that's it. Yeah. Um. So maybe on the take, do you like foosball? What do you got? You got uh, something to when? What's ironic is I I kind of know why Dolphins Grace talked about ping pong because there was a big saga last year with the ping pong table in the Dolphins locker room, and we is it back it, in now? Uh, it's been banished. Oh, okay. No ping pong. Right. And that's yeah. the kicker's fault, right? Jason Sanders playing ping pong with some field goals. The ping pong say that out loud? Let's go. Next take. <laughs> the next one here comes from Michael, who says a minor league system for the NFL would be a huge benefit for the on-field product. Having young backups that don't see playing time get game reps in minor league games would do a better job of setting them up for success. Yeah, I think you got to work through a lot of the logistics here, but I think this is a great idea. Yeah, I think you need 32. Like, here's the thing. You have to have your own. Like, you have to have your own team. Do you? What, yeah, if, I think so. what if you had – so the USFL and XFL are merging, right? Yeah. What if you change the structure of off-season contracts or if you stra- change the structure of practice squad contracts? And then you had an affiliation team like hockey does and baseball does and your practice squad players go and play for the affiliate XFL, USF, like whatever they call the league team. And you populate the teams with, I don't know, three teams, three pro teams for every one minor team. I don't know what the ratio is of how many teams there are, but like, and then you also have players that are exclusive only to that league who then can work their way into an affiliate contract. Well, here's here's what I say is like I, I would want you to have your own team because I'd want it to be your own system, right? Like where I would get this concern is let's say you have 20 players and they're an affiliate of some other team. And let's just to make it very simple, let's say that I am the New York Giants and Wink right. Martindale is my defensive coordinator and my affiliate team runs a, a 4-3 even front zone defense. Like that's not going to really like, I got to have them doing the things I'm going to ask them to do. But then, but then you're financially it's, it's impossible. No, no NFL team is going to subsidize an entire minor league football team. What if you did like it with that, all your, the same facilities? This, yeah. But like, are you sure there's not a, like this can't be profitable. And like, you can develop coaches and players. If there's enough players to populate these, these other leagues, plus practice squads, plus yeah. other deserving talent out there. Like, I don't know. A lot of layers to it, but like conceptually, yeah. Like on board, I just don't think we've nailed the how. Uh, league opening a probe into the Joe Burrow hand wrist injury report saga. Be following it with pins and needles. Correct. All right. Uh, For Adam Schefter, since we're we're fans of properly attributing information here on this show. 
Very good. Uh, we'll get to more here in just a second, including the AFC playoff picture, a little bit of stuff to maybe trigger me coming up here in just okay. a moment. Uh, we got some good stuff coming okay. up, but listen, listen, stick with us. I am obsessed with DoorDash. The convenience is simply unmatched. We're all busy. We're all trying to figure out when to get to the grocery store, when we're going to get dinner made. Well, DoorDash can handle those things for you. In fact, they'll bring you groceries right to your front door. They'll bring you food from your favorite local restaurants right to your front door. They'll bring you something from the gas station. Let's say you want a Milky Way in a, in a Gatorade. They'll bring it to you right to your front door. I actually ordered DoorDash this morning. I uh, Mike's Mike's Bagels up the street, my favorite local restaurant for breakfast. Got a cream cheese bagel with uh, sesame seed and, uh, and apple juice. And I didn't have to make breakfast. I was able to just work on the podcast, and it was dropped off right at my front door. So check it out. The convenience is unmatched. They'll bring you groceries, food, whatever you want over at DoorDash. So Check it out. We have an app for you. Here's what you got to do. Get 50% off up to a $10 value when you spend $15 or more on your first order. When you download the DoorDash app and enter code LOCK23, subject to change, terms apply. Again, don't forget to use our code LOCK23 for 50% off up to a $10 value on your first order when you download the DoorDash app and spend $15 or more. Subject to change, terms apply. Did you get that from DoorDash? Yeah, it's my Gatorade. Yeah, you get that. Did you get that from DoorDash? Of course I did. Good. I, I do have bad news for you, by the way. Here's my bag, my Mike's bagel bag as well. Uh, my bad news. I didn't get the jacket from DoorDash, but this jacket is exclusively what I'm wearing on the show for the rest of time. Just letting you know. For the rest of time. Yeah. I will. It, it, the shirt underneath might not change, but if you're only listening to the podcast, it's the uh, like the homage starter jacket. So, like you're telling me right now, you will never not wear it? Anytime I do this program in my home. Wow, I am wearing this jacket. All right, we'll see. We'll see. I, I'll take. I'll take that. That won't be true. I think there's going to be an episode where you don't wear it. Okay, we'll find out. It's it right. right here on the back of my my chair in my office, so it's always going to be here. All right. <laughs> uh, next one here is from. Do you want the trigger Joe or the trigger Kyle first? Uh, do trigger Kyle first. I want to get it mine out of the way. All right. This is from KST three Swart eighty seven. Okay. Says, I know Kyle is going to kill me for this take. By the way, I'll let you know I agree with this take before I even read it. Okay. The Miami Dolphins will be 11-3 and heading into Christmas Eve and have clinched the AFC East. You're winning the next five. I think 10-4 and four is probably the more realistic scenario, but I think it's, very reason- it's a very reasonable opinion to have. That you play three home games, your two away games are against the Commanders. Uh, with you getting extra rest going into that game, and then the Jets with what their offensive situations looks like and the mutiny in the locker room and players shouting out Michael Carter when other players are talking to me. You see all this stuff? It's crazy yeah. stuff. Like Michael Carter's the part. This is like about the players, Dolphins. This is about the Dolphins. Only, no, but I'm saying that the biggest threat on the schedule, in my opinion, is the road game against the Jets because of how good the defense is. They have the pieces to replicate a lot of what the other defenses have had success in, in interrupting the timing. It's a road game. We have seen this. The offense does not travel particularly well on the road relative to their performance offensively at home. So The Jets can't stop the run. I know. Well, Miami has not particularly run the ball a lot well the last Achon's coming back. I, He's the back this team week, is yeah. different with that guy on there, man. You I saw somebody, somebody did a... Um, Somebody did a, a social, and I wish I knew who it was to properly attribute it, but they did a video and it was like, guess who has more fantasy points after week three this season? And it was like A-chan, A-chan versus like a slew 
And A-Chan's been on IR. Like, he hasn't played in five weeks. He's just and- 10 carries for 200 yards and three touchdowns every time he plays. <laughs> it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Your athletic ceiling is floor is too good. It's too good. It doesn't matter how good Sauce Gardner is if he can't run in a straight line with Tyreek Hill. I, I think this is a factual take if they win the next two. I, if Levin, they win Levin the next two, I think we'll win the next Print the shirts. You're gonna we're gonna want to wear that AFC's championship shirt, so you won't be able to have your jacket on. I'll have it the jacket on over top. Well, then we won't be able to see it. So celebrate. Oh, these little uh, I could. Superman. Uh, no kidding. I I kid you not. I walked into the sauna yesterday. There's two old dudes in there talking, and they were they were complaining about Cam Cam Newton doing the Superman thing. Superman. I'm like, what are we? Like, this has been years. Cam's been gone for years, man. Years. Like, they're like, you know what that just did? That just fired up the other team. Just gave them motivation to play hard again. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, brother, when I tell you I put okay. the headphones in and just minded my own business, I did. Yeah, but that was like, is this real life right now? No one listens to this. Okay. Uh, uh fire up Joe. Drew, Drew says, Drew says both the Bills and Giants would be better off if Brian Dable stayed with the Bills. Bills would be leading the division this year with seven wins, and there may have been a better outcome for them in Last year's postseason, Giants would have never traded for Waller and signed Daniel Jones to a contract. Giants delayed their much-needed rebuild by reaching the playoffs with Dayball against the Cakewalk 2022 regular season schedule. Okay, so what games are we winning with Dayball that we lost otherwise? I'm assuming we're talking about the Jets game and the Broncos game. Maybe the Patriots as well. Maybe Jacksonville. Right. I think. I think when you take four and say you get two, Seven's probably right. yeah. a reasonable yeah. place to so, land. So then you're seven and three, and you're even if the Dolphins won on Sunday, you'd have a head to head tiebreaker, you'd still be in first place. Yeah, but I think the more interesting here is like, okay, that seven wins, maybe, sure. Would the Bills be better off, and would the Giants be better off? I think the Bills would be better off. Of course, I of course I would agree with that today. Absolutely. Who would who would the Giants hire instead? Um, I don't remember enough about their search. Wasn't that part of the Brian Flores suit? Yeah. You got the text from Bill Belichick that says surprise or congrats. Heard you got the Giants job. And but Brian the whole point Flores being that <laughs> Daniel Jones wouldn't have had the season he had. They probably wouldn't have like had some of the stuff that went their way last year. And it would they, have been very apparent that we need to flush flush a bunch of stuff out. Dable for McDermott. Who says no? Who says no? With the, the Truthfully, the Giants should have to give you something in that trade, right? Right. Right. You want to do that? Flip coaches and get a three? Yeah, I'd do it. I'd do it right now. You would? Yeah, I'd sign up. Right Alleviate now. your offensive coach, offensive head coach versus defensive head coach dynamic that was always just going to create concern of I'm not I'm not going to concede that argument until we start extending it to every defensive coach. I understand the process, but I'm I'm right. not going to concede the argument. Um it's to me just McDermott getting out coach at the end of games, like continuously. And like, I don't think he's maximized his opportunity with this team. And I think his message is stale. So we'll see. What else you got? Matt, we could bond over this one. The Patriots made a ton of <laughs> draft decisions in recent years, but an yeah. under discussed one. Look at this. An under discussed one is how bad taking Bailey Zappi over Sam Howell was. Let's talk about it. What was the selling point for Bailey Zappi? Oh, I don't know. Uh, production at Western Kentucky and Houston right. Baptist. You, you, you watch 
that offense and understood what that offense was and you understood what 6,000 yards meant in that offense. I had them rounds apart as prospects. I had Howell as a two. I probably had Zappy as like a late three, late day three. Yeah, I had Zappy as a fringe draftable player and they, Howell I think I had as a three. So. Yeah, it's a bad, it's a bad choice. It's a bad choice. What if he interviewed well? I'm sure he did. I'm sure he did. I bet you. I bet you. We've we've met both of these people. I bet yep. you Bailey Zappi's a lot more uh, charismatic. Yeah, I bet he did interview better than than Sam Howell did, right? I bet he did. You ever seen these guys throw footballs? Let's let's look at that. <laughs> real real different, right? Since see right. these guys run, real right. different. Yeah, right. Uh, William, this is a this is a a big take that when I first read it, I was like, really? And then I was like, oh yeah, I think this might be true. William says every team in the NFC South will have a new head coach in 2024. Every team. Do the thing. Let's do it. Reich. Arthur Smith. Every team in that division should have a new head coach. <laughs> Kyle got two in and remembered it's Dennis Allen yeah. and Todd Bowles Dennis left to go. Todd Bowles. Yeah, every team should. Will they? I think it's probably statistically unlikely that you get all five. Somebody hangs on to one of them. Somebody's going to win the division and win nine games and say, oh, yeah, we have a little momentum going. We're going to hold on to that. And go what's there. the order though? Like, what's the like most likely to least likely to get fired? Who's the most likely coach in the NFC South that's going to get fired? Arthur Smith, Dennis Allen. That's three and four to me. Well, why? If the Saint, if the Saints end up winning this division, oh, that's a good point. Somebody has to win the division, right? So that's yeah, going to be and a the big Saints thing. are in first place, and they have four of their last six games at home. Oh my God. Could you imagine winning that division with like eight or nine wins and hanging on to Dennis Allen and lying to yourself? So they have Atlanta. They're on a bye this week. They have Atlanta, home against Detroit, home against Carolina, home against the Giants. You're at worst two and two in that stretch, which would put you at seven and seven. If you beat Atlanta, then you're you're looking at Atlanta's buried. Yeah. Yeah. Eight and six. And then you go short week Thursday against the Rams in Tampa against the Bucks, and then home against the Falcons again. Someone's going to win that division, lose by 20 to Dallas in the wild card round, and stick with their coach. Correct. Because you won the division and got a home playoff game. And it's probably going to be the Saints. But... Yikes, man. Yikes. I think I actually think Carolina, just based off of everything we continue to hear, I think Frank Reich is the least likely to keep his job. Who's taking that job, though? Like, who's going to... After, we've already seen Ben Johnson pulled out of that job, said, no, thank you. It's his hometown. He's from Charlie. He's from the Carolinas. He yes, said, no, I like, who's Tepper going to get Vance Joseph. Oh God. But yeah, you're right. Like something that's like the kind that. of, that's the kind of coach you're going to end up hiring. If you, if you do this, but uh, t- tell me Frank Wright giving Thomas Brown play calling duties and taking it back 17 days later is not Dave, Dave Tepper saying, yo, you better figure this out or you're, you're toast, buddy. I get it. But Tepper's Tepper's real quick going to become, I mean, not if he's not already there already, like just, I don't want to work for that guy. Like I know there's only 32 of these jobs and 32 of these opportunities, but like somebody got to give myself a chance. And I think we've, for some reason, and I, I don't know if this is true or not, it feels like more and more you're seeing, executive op- opportunities and coaching opportunities guys saying, you know what? That's not, that's not going to be a good spot. Not for the me. right spot for yeah. me. So I'm not going to do it because only they see one it. shot at it. Yeah. One shot. That's like who, who are going to be the buzzy coordinator names for head jobs. 
Yeah. Ben Johnson? Ben Johnson turned him down last year. Ain't no way he's taking, taking the job this year if he turned it down last year when he could have had influence. Could have had influence, air quotes, on who to take with the number one overall pick. They pick your quarterback of choice. Um, Brian Flores might be a buzzy name. Could you imagine Brian Flores going to coach Bryce Young with how much he hated coaching Tua? Dan Quinn ain't taking that job. No. I'm not taking my second chance of being a head coach to, to go coach the Carolina Panthers with what their current situation is. Kellen Moore, Mike McDonald, Gerard Mayo. Sean Desai. Ajiro Averro. Did they just give him the defensive guy the job? Honestly, wouldn't would not be surprised if somebody that was already there ended up getting promoted, whether it was Thomas Brown or Averro. Because they that that would be a very ugly interview cycle for them to bring in all we we raved about this coaching staff. We raved about it all good of on these paper, didn't it, Joe? I don't think the coaching staff is necessarily the problem. I think the the culture and the environment and the dynamics of that football team from the very top down is the problem. Now, Frank is Frank Reich maybe not as good of a coach as as we maybe thought he was before he took the Carolina job, maybe. But you can't tell me all of these highly respected coaches coming in here to this this singular spot, yeah. and it's this and it, nuclear bad, and it's oh, all these guys can't coach anymore. In addition to what we've heard, right? Right. So, so yeah, that's going to do it for us here on Locked On Scouting. We hope you guys enjoy Week Eleven of the NFL season. Enjoy college football. Uh, it's the second to last week of like regular season play. Next week is rivalry weekend, and then we're into conference championships. So. Enjoy all the football that's on TV because it will be gone before you know it. And we will be back on Monday to talk about all of the action from this weekend's games. I'm Kyle Krabs. He's Joe Marino. You can find us on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcast. We're out of here. Peace.